This is the second series of conversations in the Arts and Humanities Future series run by the Leeds Arts and Humanities Research Institute. This time in 2022, we're stretching beyond our disciplinary boundaries to open up thought-provoking conversations that we hope will stimulate reflection in the arts and humanities community and beyond. Recent years have presented extraordinary and ongoing challenges to societies and cultures, as well as bringing long-standing crises and predicaments to the foreground in new ways. This series of curated conversations brings together researchers from different backgrounds, disciplines and career stages to stimulate conversation about how research communities might respond to these challenges, what role the arts and humanities might play in those responses, and about the futures we want to imagine and realise. In this fourth conversation, our Leeds colleagues Gihan Salim and Haile Ma talk about issues relating to sustainability. Jihan and Haile will introduce themselves properly in a moment, but their conversation covers heritage research in the context of digital platforms and participatory research, building rich narratives and digital heritage by engaging with young people, performing heritage and the opportunities to reach wider audiences outside of traditional theatre, and the challenges for research in the global south, such as power inequalities and defining ownership of heritage stories. Hello, hi Hailey. Uh, it's really lovely to be here with you today and it's great that we got this chance to catch up on what is going on with, with our mutual research and, and think about the big questions. Um, so let's start by telling the audience some background about yourself first. Um, so uh, hello everyone, uh, I'm partnering today with Dr. Hailey Ma, who is an Associate Professor in Performance and Creative Economy. And her research interest focuses on Chinese theatre, intangible cultural heritage, cultural and creative industries and digital economy. Uh, and in particular, uh, Heidi looks at the artistic evolution of theatre and performance in digital era um, and their contribution to sustainable and socioeconomic development. Uh, her funded research portfolio focuses on examining connectivity of UK-China audiences and arts companies through mixed reality performance at heritage sites. Um, some of the keywords Haile will be talking and focusing on today will be around performance and culture, intangible and intangible heritage and memory construction, Chinese theatre as community identity. So welcome again, Haile. <laughs> Thank you very much now for uh, a thorough and a wonderful introduction, Jihan. Uh, so perhaps now I'll be, um, it will be good for me to introduce yourself to the audience as well. Um, Jihan Salim is a professor of architecture and deputy director of Leeds Social Sciences Institute at the University of Leeds. Her research focuses on architecture and digital heritage methodologies and research fields in liberation, politics, and resilient cities and geographies of conflict, looking particularly at how memory informs post-conflict societies in their everyday practices. I think, Jihan, you'll be talking specifically about co-production of heritage with youth people in the Global South, but how you use digital heritage tools to 
develop co-production and to, to have a more um, international uh, impact. Um, is that right? That's correct, Hailey. That's absolutely right. And uh, thanks a lot for the introduction as well. And uh, really looking forward to the conversation coming. Great. So perhaps um, if Jihan, we could start telling the audience and myself about your uh, most recent research, please. What, are you, what is your research at the moment? Sure. Um, uh, so basically, uh, I'm an architect by background and practice, and all my work evolves around researching cities and buildings and people. Uh, and I'm specifically interested in interrogating notions such as participation, justice and empowerment, uh, which are often used transnationally with without considering the relevance of these terms and with a particular reference to culture and linguistic framework. Um, so uh, part of the work that I do is interrogating the proper use of digital technologies for heritage analysis, recording and transmission to future generations uh, using interdisciplinary arts and humanities research, uh, particularly looking at context where heritage is at risk of disappearance or has already been destroyed or damaged by any means of destruction. Um, so. Basically, the work and the portfolio of projects I'm, I'm looking at and I'm researching at the moment, they look at how and when and why participatory heritage might be used with and for young people through a series of practice-led research projects, uh, which I'm currently reading to develop safe and inclusive and progressive spaces for young people in several spots of the Global South. Um, and so there is a big question on how to promote the value of heritage as a cohesive resource from which new generations can navigate the future. And actually, in fact, this is this is the underlying idea behind various awareness raising programs that aim to secure a wide degree of social protection for heritage by the citizens themselves. And also those ideas uh, have a moral duty. Uh, which are linked to the legacy of heritage that has a certain value uh, and which is an idea that is today being challenged, uh, challenged at many, many fronts in many ways. So we see those huge benefits of using participatory research to help communities and individuals to forge new initiatives and also to engage young people in these processes, in which is particularly very effective uh, and useful because they have the great abilities to approach challenges from new perspective and also to make change happen. So this is basically how my research evolves in the current four or five years and hopefully uh, in the coming years as well to keep continuing on that kind of legacy of work that I've been doing. So, so what about your research, Hailey? What is, what is going now? Thank you very much for, for sharing that wonderful talk about your research. I think there are some parallels between our uh, research. For me, uh, um, I have been working on very much um, the um, tangible heritage culture, how the past you know, um, sites you know, would in, enable us to understand um, uh, the contemporary use you know, of the so-called concept of creative industries, creative economy across both UK and China. My latest 
and series of projects now is very much focused on textile industries and using both in the textile sites as well as in the textile female workers and their cultural forms and uh, music and songs and theater work and etc uh, so the the latest one which you know we are in the pro we just completed in the past one year and we have got further funding to develop it's called some of the female textile workers and and in this project and we'll look at um, the parallel development of um, post-industrial transitional period and, uh, when textile industries were closed down in the UK 1980s 70s in China 1990s and, and in the 21st century the concept and the the the, the um, practice of um, the creative industries creative economies and how the site and has been used and, uh, to promote and to develop and, um, the, the, the concept and practice of creative economy and creative industries and across UK and China. But in particular, we're interested in, um, in the process of utilising, recycling the sites and have the paid uh, well have they paid attention to uh, the intangible ICH intangible cultural heritage side of things and the music and the theater certainly in China the textile workers and the female um, workers and they brought and when they came to Shanghai they they brought their own folk and the hometown music and developed into um, a modern theatrical form and today it's China's and uh, one of the most popular um, performance in China in 2020 when the pandemic hit China, when Shanghai Yu Opera House first launched streaming within the first week, and it has had 1.8 million hits. So it was, it is still was, and still is one of the most popular performing arts in China. However, based on our latest research, we went to N50, which is one of the oldest textile mills in Shanghai. Uh, similar to Sha uh, to Li's Industrial Museum, which is uh, one of the oldest textile um, heritage sites in the UK. We went to M50 and we did site and um, on-site research and uh, we interviewed over 100 um, vi visitors. And what we found out is um, now with M50, the, the, the most famous creative clusters um, attracting visitors, tourists, um, but m uh, over 60 percent of the visitors didn't know M50 was a textile factory before um, it was turned into a cluster in 2000, uh, early 2000 century, uh, sorry, uh, 2005. Um, and over 40% of the visitors has never heard of Shanghai Yu Opera or Female Yu Opera. Yu opera. Um, but 79% uh, of the visitors believed if we could integrate the performance into the site, it would certainly attract, make the site more attractive to the visitors and over 84% of the uh, interviewees believe that um, uh, performance and site specific performance will um, strengthen the identity and brand of the, the, the urban city. So that's what we have been doing, trying to understand and heritage sites as well as intangible cultural heritage and uh, how we could um, 
but bring these two together to understand its impact in today's creative industries and creative economy. Uh, so, uh, what listening to what you you said and um, uh, thinking whilst I was talking about, I think one element which your research really attracts me is the digital element of your research. So, I just wonder, um, Jihan, if you could talk a little bit about how you have been using the digital technology tools to, to engage the audience and to in particular to have this impact in your research, please. Yes, highly heritage production uh, and using digital tools is, is part of a central part of my work, actually. And uh, I use it to provide new ways to document and understand different forms of heritage and to convey them to current and future generations. Um, and actually, I have observed uh, the wide benefits of using those tools on many, many fronts, like, like for example, uh, using digital modeling and laser scanning and creating virtual platforms, uh, exhibitions, all help to create new digital alternatives to uh, physical heritage interpretation. Uh, and particularly in contexts where heritage is suffering the risk of disappearance and has been damaged in some way. Um, and, and the innovation itself, the tools themselves and the technology helped us to create and build the first digital and geolocated ArcGIS database, for example, for a historical artifacts of a World Heritage Site in Jorna. And this is something that has never been done before. So it's, I think it's the way of how do we understand and bring the proper methodologies from the arts and humanities research and using the digital technologies all to merge and marry together. To, to create and produce that kind of innovation and technology. So I really try to ask some simple questions and as the core of this work is that how can we be enabled to make links with heritage and how can we connect people with the legacy of their pasts and to turn personal experiences into sources of inspiration and creativity? Uh, and how can we provoke their curiosity and encourage their reflection and take ownership of what they have? So I explore digital interfaces and multimedia platforms, which are used to transform perceptions of local communities that suffer from either marginalization, relocation or destruction into becoming a more active agent in the construction of collective memory and also to seek to examine the use of digital heritage tools to reconnect the local community to the larger heritage values and expectations. Um, and it's really more about understanding how technologies, how those technologies hold the potential to change the production of cultural heritage, to transform the understanding of how do we understand heritage? How do we define it? And how do we interact with it? And how do we live it? And how to keep the legacy ongoing? So it's not something from the past. And I don't see that heritage is something from the past, but it's the, it's the future as well. So how can we get, keep this live story occurring and happening from generation to generation? I think that's the core thing. Uh, for example, it's now possible for the public to actively produce material for heritage collections in museums through digital platforms. They're able to hold their mobile phones and create new apps to record aspects and to record objects and artifacts. But 
also in such a digital landscape, which is a bit tricky a little bit, it's essential to understand how participatory media tools may be altering and changing the construction of this collective memory. So it has to be the right and the authentic story that we're looking at. Um, and there's also this aspect of understanding how participation in the co-creation of digital content and social documentation are changing practices for collective remembrance. Because at some point, some of the communities we have been working with um, are sometimes dominated by youth people who didn't even know about the original and the authentic stories. So how can we get them engaged? How can we create that kind of emotional engagement and connection with spaces and places? So here, co-production methodologies have helped us a lot to, to, to make added values for participatory work undertaking in various contexts. Uh, with the aim to capture really complex sensory experiences and enabling the expression of emotion uh, and revealing the untold stories and narratives. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, the youth are well placed to be trained as facilitators and leaders for ongoing heritage initiatives. Um, and therefore, it is important here to critique the concept of youth and memory uh, and in relation to the initiatives of, ter you know, terms of decolonizing heritage in the global south, for example. So sharing the stories makes spaces for different interpretations of heritage. And this is how we form a common memory, uh, which is based for a common identity. And the narratives are perhaps the best tool we have to grasp both the tangible and the intangible in titles around us, such as objects and places and knowledge. And if diverse people put their heritage in common, this can create a shared memory that activities and sense of common belonging uh, should flourish in the future generations. So, um, you know, looking at the idea of memory construction, I think there is a lot of commonalities between our, our work and the initiatives we're trying to do and the funded projects we're taking care of. So you also, Haile, you, you also used mixed reality performance to engage audiences with traditional Chinese opera, uh, with heritage site, with a heritage site in Shanghai. Uh, and this is really interesting and fascinating because I've been always really, uh, I always loved uh, how theatre offers spaces for subjectivities and to be displayed and performed and allows performing different discourses as well. And it also gives meaning and patterns of behaviour. Uh, and now we see how many ways uh, we can call what we call performing heritage. And it's great to know more about what you do. Thank you so much, Na and Jihan, for the fascinating expansion of your own research and for linking it with my research in the area of performing arts. And I think just there are a lot of parallel aspects of our research and perhaps the digital elements of it. And I'll just expand a little bit more before I go on to the theatre aspect. I think the digital element, digital performance covers so much elements so so much areas uh, of performance and, and pr probably expand from the, the social media as well as in digital techno XR, VR, AR, all these elements of performance. And, um, so I want to emphasize that uh, using that 
um, pan, uh, COVID pandemic as a highlight and to exemplify how digital technology has helped us to develop our research in some of the female textile workers. When we first received the three-year HRC large funding in 2020, February, it was banned in the heart of the COVID, so we couldn't start. And then we we were um, we were able to capture the um, one-year. Um, extra funding specifically aimed at during the COVID and how we can develop the, the production entirely online. That was, and I had to say, uh, is a challenge, but we learned a great deal and we see it as a huge opportunity. So as you can uh, probably see, audience probably see, can see at the background, the initial response we, we, we had, you know, we decided to create uh, six documentary films uh, created across China and the UK uh, uh, and uploaded them at Leeds Industrial Museum, one of our co-partners, co uh, on their digital platform and uh, had it uh, curated digitally. In normal uh, event, uh, we what we put in our uh, pre-2020 three-year bid uh, was to have the curation um, curated and exhibited in the physical site. And then in this one-year COVID, um, um, Son of the Female Textile Project, um, we moved everything online. So the first step was digitally curating um, all the exhibition, exhibition materials. Then uh, uh, we moved to create you know, the digital performance, and, uh, which was you know, a further challenge you know, uh, because none of the partners you know, had met. Um, we originally decided to, to meet you know, within the three years period you know, across Shanghai and China to create this digital performance and then intersect it, you know, as I said earlier, into this heritage site. And, um, in Shanghai, it would be M50 to perform it within M50 heritage site at Leeds, and it will be Leeds Industrial Museum. But because we couldn't do that, and so in the first one year, we created this performance entirely online. And I will play uh, for the audience a little clip of our um, uh, performance. But as you can see from this image, and the screen is hanging in the middle of the air, which was not ideal. Uh, this is a rehearsal uh, stage now, within Shanghai Europe House, and we were trying to get now, various greenness a green a screen for the background and also um, stage and a sized screen. Um, a couple of the, um, partners had the, the facilities and unfortunately they could, we couldn't have access to the site because we couldn't physically be there. And Shanghai Textile Museum who had the physical screen, um, you know, the floor land screen, uh, unfortunately they didn't have the film technology for us to film uh, the, the whole process. Uh, so in the end, we had to um, develop the whole performance you know, within the rehearsal stage of Shanghai Europe House, which is not ideal, but you know, um, at least you know, we had the product being developed. So I will show you um, a little bit of the, 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 the performance here, and you can at least hear that the music. This music is called you know, Little Red Flowers, you know, which was produced first you know, in the 1960s and it's one of the most popular uh, all-female Yue opera in China. So let's hear that, and it's about and textile workers. No, 
当然想陪侬，但纺织厂是打拨我个重托，我勿能辜负搿份信任，勿能辜负打啊。Okay, I'll stop here. But as you can see,、um, our digital, the so-called digital performance, has very much moved on from digitally curating the performance and to digitally produce you know, this performance, and, and then to use XR technology、uh, to integrate you know, the performance you know, with the digital uh, image you know, with the effects that eventually this year we are doing the following on next year project. You know, we'll integrate you know, the performance. Into Leeds Industrial Museum textile site, as well as in the following year to go to Shanghai to integrate it, bring it into the the Shanghai Textile Museum, and that is called site and specific performance. We're trying to move away the theatre theatre to any sites can be theatre performance and to to yeah and involve more audience and have a bigger impact. So that's what I have been doing. Jihong, I think now we have only one time for one question, but. I'm really, really interested in, in how your research now, because you're very much focused on global south, and and、um, just um, um, I'm very interested in understanding how much now, international attention your research has been receiving, and the impact you're 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 producing for your research in through working with the community and youth. And please, yeah, th- thanks a lot, Hailey.、Um, yeah, I think I think the challenges、uh, are a lot. And specifically, working in in global South context, where sometimes there is not much familiarity with the context and the people, and 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 then you start to to say, okay, where do I start from? What is my my starting point here? How should I approach people and communities I don't know and they haven't known me before? And and because we are, you know, we're academics and we're used and trained to be working in an academic environment, so、um, sometimes, you know. Community work is not our actual comfort zone, but by time, you know, the the connections and the networks start to, to establish, and and this becomes your happy zone after a couple of years,、uh, and this is actually you want to want to do after that. So I think I think that one of the risk or the challenges was, as I mentioned, approaching communities to go and work with them, and and trying to create that connection and network of trust between us as academics and them as a community and people who have been. Living on sites and living on those places for 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 a long time ago,、um, 
and 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 they always have that view towards us that they we know more we know best and and we are able to answer all the questions which is sometimes it's not so the high expectations in us is sometimes a little bit frustrating but again we start to build that that you know normality with them by time so for me there was really a new element of knowing the community very well uh, understanding their motivations and inspirations and translating all this work into genuine research uh, after a couple of years uh, but the, there's still this this ongoing challenges and high risks that we are facing like we want to empower people we want to facilitate collaborations and amplify marginalized voices uh, but also the digital inequalities and social exclusion uh, are obviously key challenge, challenges for all of us. And we still need to address those. And there are still those major problems with access to heritage and digital technology, particularly for marginalized and remote communities living in areas that lacks essential infrastructure facilities they don't have internet they don't have smartphones so when the element of digital comes into that mix of work it becomes more challenging and we need to address those problems um, and actually a lot of those problems and challenges escalated when the pandemic happened and during the pandemic time and it was a big issue for us to reach out and continue the work for two years so um, I was held out. I can't travel to Jordan for two years to meet and work with the community and to continue the work. But not every one of them had had the you know the the communication skills and and the ways of looking and and they're always having expectations of seeing the researchers in front of them face to face. You know, so the idea of having teams meeting and so on it wasn't it wasn't nobody understood what does that mean and why I'm not going there. So. Uh, we had to heavily rely on the local partners to get things sorted and it worked really well. So uh, I think partnership is really key uh, into the success of many of the work we do in the Global South is that working with the right partners and, and they are on board all the time. So not disappearing during the, during the pandemic and saying, oh, we can't do that. But actually, they were also trying to learn from us how to do things that we are not able to deliver ourselves. So I think the partnerships uh, are very, very important. Um, the second thing is that people's voices are key in the work we do as well. But here comes the question of power inequalities to define the original and the authentic narratives and, and, and ask the question of who owns the story of the past and how to navigate these different powers. Um, that was another challenge for us because, you know, when it comes to uh, copyright materials, for example, and productions. How do we navigate that? How do you negotiate the copyright? How do you negotiate the, the ownership of things? Uh, and it definitely, uh, it's their story that they are telling us. So these are the things that, that we were, were challenged as well, but we reached uh, great solutions after that. Uh, so we work hardly with community, we work closely and hard with communities and for the sake of building trust and ob obtaining genuine local knowledge that comes from the ordinary people. And it's really fascinating also to see uh, how they prove their credibility as, as sources of information and to be able to articulate uh, complex ideas and, and using arts and images and maps and visuals in ways that organizes their emotions of everyday life and relationships into structured and logical patterns. So at this simplest level, 
The voices generated genuine information in terms of the broader knowledge and production and creative outputs for us and produced, which basically was produced by the community. Um, so, so many challenges have been there, but we try to navigate and negotiate uh, one, one, one thing and then go to the next level and see how to work things. And we're really delighted with where we are at the moment and getting a follow on fund uh, for the project to continue and going back uh, to the site once again for the coming two years, with which, which I think that's a very big challenge for us as researchers is that it's that question of, what happens when the funding ends? Uh, how do we maintain the sustainability of the work we have been doing? How do we continue to keep the trust with the local community that who have been helping and supporting us? A lot of challenges and questions. And as long as we're able to, to make a strong case, an evidence strong case of why do we need to go back and have more impact going back to the places that we're working in, I think that's a big challenge for us and we have to keep uh, chasing that hard. Um, and I anticipate highly as well, you had your own challenges as well in China. So maybe they are similar in some way. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I think you have shared with us the challenges as well as opportunities as I have outlined in my previous talk, in, in my talk just before yours. And, um, but I certainly view it, view all of them as a great learning process for us to work much closer with the partners. And, um, I want to emphasize at the end of our conversation, the importance of partnership and just like yourself now we work with multi-partnerships and um, government and, uh, um, officials and uh, policy aspects and arts institutions and theater as well as museum uh, as well as and SMEs and digital SMEs and trying to bring our work live through digital technology and all, all of them I think has different uh, priorities and they work at different and, uh, pace and uh, we all have different you know, objectives, aims, but you know, I think to select you know, um, partners you know, are so important. You know, so we share the common vision and we can overcome all the challenges and ensure the projects can be developed. And for me, that I think that is part of the challenge, but also joy to work with international partners, multi-partner partnership, because we share the common vision. On that note, I think I just want to thank yourself, Jihan, for this wonderful opportunity to share your wonderful um, research uh, with myself and with the audience. Uh, I hope uh, we will have further opportunity to talk about our research heritage and digital technology a bit further in the future. Thank you very much, Heidi. Really a pleasure to talk to you today as well and, and, and for this uh, opportunity to bring us together uh, and to know more about the work and hopefully yeah, we continue those conversations in the future. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed Jihan and Haile's conversation. To find out more about the Leeds Arts and Humanities Research Institute, please visit lahri.leeds.ac.uk or follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Leeds AHRI. We've got more conversations coming up in the series, so do please look out for those. You can subscribe using a range of podcast platforms. But for now, thank you for listening.